Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is the 92nd episode of the podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be tying knots in front of the microphone and pulling them until they snap. Just kidding. That's not any fun for anybody. But this is the 92nd episode of the podcast, and I appreciate everybody listening, downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. All that is very, very good stuff. Hey, have you ever seen anybody who is too serious about fly fishing? Too serious about fly fishing. Now, I'm not talking about the person who has to be. And let's be clear. There's a small percentage, I mean less than 1% of folks who flail around with a fly rod out on a river that have to be serious. And maybe it's because they are a guide and they really have to be on top of their craft in order to continue to make a living. Maybe they're a fly tire. They're a commercial fly tire. And so they are constantly tying and tweaking and fishing and assessing and doing the kinds of things that they need to do to ensure that enough people buy their $1.95 creations so that they can make a living tying flies and fly fishing. There might be people in marketing or in photography or in something like that related to fly fishing where they really have to put in their time and although they enjoy it, they're, they're working. And they have to get some sort of result, and it might be fish, it might be moments. But anyway, folks like that need to really take fly fishing seriously. Or it could just be someone's personality. Someone could be a serious person by nature. I fish with plenty of people like that, and I start to think, like, man, how is this any fun for you? But then I realize that's the way they are with everything. They're serious when they're sitting down getting coffee. They're serious when they're talking about sports. They're serious with their children. And, I mean, I try to be serious from time to time, but that is 
going to just work its way into a person like that's fly fishing. They're just going to be serious by nature. But for most of us, that's not necessarily the case. Fly fishing is meant to be leisurely. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, it's something that you're going to do to stretch yourself. It's going to you're going to seek out uh, opportunities to to problem solve and and have to think critically and even stretch yourself physically and and test skill. But it's still a leisurely activity, and we can't forget that. And so I'm sure you've seen these people, where it's all about just going hard, fishing hard, being a hardcore angler. And what does that look like? Well, I think a lot of times it looks like mimicking social media. And that's relatively recent. But in history, it means like looking like a catalog advert. Like, I want to be like the guy on the front of the Orvis catalog. Or I want to be the person on page 47 of the Cabela's catalog. You know, wading through the stream with my chest-high neoprene waders and my red plaid shirt and my wide brim hat. Which, there's nothing wrong with those things. But like... Is that what you want, or is that what you're being sold? Now, there's nothing wrong with those things if that's what you want, but I think a lot of people who take it seriously are, are striving to meet a expectation that isn't necessarily what they would set for themselves. And here's why I say that, and here's why we're talking about this. Here's why I'm three and a half minutes in to this rant. I know a lot of people who genuinely have enjoyed fly fishing. They've gotten into it. They appreciate nature. They appreciate the fish. They appreciate the camaraderie. They like the minutiae, you know, the gear and, and the technique and all of those things. But then it's like they get bit by the you gotta go hard, you gotta go extreme, you gotta really go in head over heels bug in fly fishing. And it's like they burn out bright and boom, they're done. Now, is that to say that it's necessarily wrong to start fishing, really, really go after it for a while, and then say, you know what, this isn't for me? No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, hey, better try it than not try it. Better see if you like it than, than not. But in my experience, a lot of folks that have followed this trajectory, what it is is burning out because they're chasing after things that were really unattainable. They were trying to create and produce moments, and they were trying to cultivate an attitude that was a lot more serious and a lot more intense, might even be a better word, in fly fishing than is realistic. So that might be you. There's a chance. But I think we all have certain facets of our personality that want to take something a little bit too seriously. Now, it's fine being serious. Again, nothing wrong with that. I'm, I try to be serious from time to time. But what I think I want to talk about, four or five different things in this podcast of ways that you can maybe back off and just have a little bit more fun. Maybe you can take this little piece out of your game, uh, take this tool out of your tool belt, and you can enjoy yourself a lot more. So here's the first one. Leave your camera in the car. I've had days, and, and for me, uh, you might say, well, you know, well, that's just as bad as anything else. But for me, it's like I want content for the website. So there's certain shots that I want to get. I'm not a photographer, for goodness sakes. I, I, I put a picture on the articles because I have to. Um, but 
there's days where I go out and say, you know, I'd really like to have a picture of a brook trout um, up against a uh, blue sky, you know, or, or I'd really like to get the, the tail of a largemouth bass flipping out of my hand into the water because I've got this article I want to write or I've got this article I've already written and I want to kind of put it with it. And so I started to think about that a whole lot more after I don't get that, after, you know, I released that largemouth, the picture didn't come out, or I caught that brook trout and it's a little cloudy and... I start to think about those things a lot more than I like to admit. Now, that can only happen if you have your camera on you. Now, I know, of course, these days your camera's always on you because your phone's always on you, and it's probably wise to have your phone with you, but leave using your camera behind. Say, you know what, today I'm not going to take any pictures. I mean, maybe if I catch that enormous fish, I'll take pictures, but I'm not going to take pictures to be artsy. I'm not going to try to take the perfect Instagram picture for my uh, purposes. It might be, I'm not going to take any content pictures today. You know, if I catch a really big fish, I'll definitely take a picture of it. Catch a really pretty fish, take a picture of it, but I'm not going to try to, try to, you know, manipulate my situation into to getting the perfect picture for any other reason than my own personal enjoyment. So leave your camera in the car. Just fish for fishing's sake. Don't force it. Don't think that your day has been wasted if you don't have some sort of quality image to share with the hundred or thousand or ten thousand people that may potentially look at your picture. So leave your camera in the car. Second one, very closely related to it, smile. If you catch a fish and someone takes a picture of you holding that fish, smile. I don't think I have any pictures of me scowling at a trout I've caught. Uh, I, I think I've been opposed to that for like a really long time. But I don't get it. Like, and, and please, somebody explain it to me. If, if this is the way you take your hero shots, which I'm totally not opposed to if you're being nice to the fish and all that sort of stuff, but explain it to me. What's the purpose of, oh man, I just caught this giant fish and I'm just going to look at it with total ambivalence. And have somebody take a picture of me looking at with total ambivalence. Some folks I've even seen, it's almost like, how can I make my face not necessarily angry, but just expressionless such that it's bordering on the lack of an expression? I'm sure you've seen this. If you're on social media, I'm sure you've seen this. People holding a beautiful fish up in a beautiful place, and they just look like it's the last place in the world that they want to be. I don't get it. I would say, don't take yourself so seriously. Are you are you happy you caught a fish? Then smile. That's what people do when they're happy. They smile. Now, this might be the most ranty that I get because I just don't understand it. But anyway, like I said, if, if you take pictures like that or you appreciate the artistic value or expressive elements of a picture like that, please let me know. Matthew at castingacross.com. I will hear you out scowling or looking with a vacant expression at a fish that you caught for the camera please please tell me all right anyway off of that one the next one how to not take fly fishing so seriously just take a little cork popper and a six weight to the local pond and fish for the sake of fishing take it easy bring something to drink and just have fun i have always found panfish to be a palate cleanser i wrote an article recently called uh, the bad day eraser and panfish are the bad day eraser it's not this serious heavy 
intense activity. If you want to target the really big one with you know the giant bulbous forehead and the um, really really dark deep colors, then yeah, you have to go hard after those guys. But the reality is, it's you're going to come across them if you're just out there fishing. So go fishing for panfish. If you think that like man, every time I go fishing, it feels like work. Now, real quick story. There was a, a summer where I was really trying to nail in a spring creek, and it was more hunting than it was fishing. And it was work, and it was a challenge. And I remember having that conversation with some fly fishing friends and with my wife and saying, like, you know what, I just need to go catch some bass on the river. And I did. I remember mixing in more warm water fishing as that summer went on because it was just a palate cleanser. Like, I could just cast. I don't have to think about where I was casting. Just cast out of the current, strip the thing back in, catch a smallmouth, catch a panfish, catch a fallfish. And then when I returned to crawling on my hands and knees on spring creeks and watching fish rise for five minutes before I even started to think about casting, you know, I was a little bit looser. It wasn't all serious. I was serious when I was fishing for those trout in that spring creek, but I was mixing in something that was a little more innocent and pure and fun. So try to catch a few panfish if you feel like you're getting really, really burnt out on technical fly fishing. All right, here's another one. This is another pet pet peeve of mine don't expect being out on the river to fix all of your problems you know i've heard it so many times it's my river therapy it's my river church things like that and you know what you can do a lot of good a lot of mental health good out on the river but just going out there isn't gonna fix your problems and expecting your problems to get fixed by being in the water and casting a fly rod is maybe going to set your fly fishing up for failure. It's also going to set up your your attempts at fixing your problems up for failure. Because, and this is coming from a guy who's been in ministry for a long time and in social work and mental health before that, you know, if you are part of the problem, when you go outside, you're bringing the problem with you. Now, of course... Can getting a breath of fresh air and some time to think bring clarity to a situation? Can you be ministered to as you are outside in the quiet? Absolutely. But you can't fall into the trap of thinking that just because you escape the office or escape your home, that the problem is just going to resolve itself. There's some things in life, significant, uh, emotional, relational spiritual issues that aren't going to get worked out just because you go outside and you have to remember that and i've seen folks that fall into really rough situations it could be with addiction it could be relationship it could be financial troubles and you see them turn to the river and you're thinking like okay that's that's a good component that is part of a holistic uh, treatment situation but they end up leaning on that too heavily and not seeking out the kind of things that they need to actually get the real help that is required. So how does that tie into this taking fly fishing too serious thing? I think it's giving a really, really valuable, important, and healthy activity more credence than it deserves. It's not going to fix your problems. 
And so I think by seeing it in that really, really serious light, like, okay, I've had a really rough week. I'm just going to go to the river on Saturday, and then Sunday I'll get back at it. It's like, okay, you know what? It might help, but that's not going to fix it if the problem is really big. So I know that was, that, boy, that was heavy. That was like a two-minute heavy thing. But I'm telling you, if you need some real help, get some real help. Mix some fly fishing in. You know, it's it's you it can't be... Uh, just medication it can't be just therapy and it certainly can't be just fly fishing don't think that just being outside is going to fix your problems okay a little less serious here do what you want not what you see others doing so this gets back to the beginning a lot of folks take fly fishing too seriously because they see the people who have to take it seriously in the pictures and then they try to replicate that and so what does that look like well I can't fish with a woolly bugger. I need to fish with a tactical nymph rig on an 11-foot three-weight, and I have to fish with my arm elevated over my head all day because that's what everybody's doing. That's what everybody I see is doing. That's what the, the latest buzz is. Or you can pick any tactic, equipment, gear, approach, whatever that you want. And you can make that same argument. I don't mean to pick on, you know, dead drifting, high sticking, uranymphic, right? Fish how you want to fish. You want to cast a woolly bugger and, and pull it through the water? You're going to catch plenty of fish that way. You want to throw dry flies, like, as soon as bugs start coming off in, like, uh, early, early spring? Then do that. Don't feel like you have to fish the way that other people are fishing. Don't feel like you have to fish nymphs because everyone is fishing nymphs. Don't feel like you have to throw four-inch streamers or six-inch streamers because everybody's throwing four- and six-inch streamers. Don't feel like you have to fish a perfectly proportioned Catskill dry that could be on the cover of a magazine because you tie butt-ugly Catskill dries or because you tie dries that don't even have wings on them. <gasps> Heaven forbid. I usually don't put wings on my dries. Hackle, body, tail. Guess what? I catch fish. Do what you want to do and just enjoy it for the experience. Don't try to create a situation because you feel like you need to create it. Now, if there's a challenge that you want to kind of set up for yourself and you want to try to meet that challenge, then that's totally fine. If it's like, you know what, today I want to dial in fishing trichos. I want to fish only trichos as long as the, the fish are rising to them even if there's fish swirling at stuff underneath the surface and there's i know there's deep holes that have bigger trout in them i'm going to abstain from fishing other flies and just fish trichos that's awesome go for it or you know what i'm only going to fish nymphs this this week because i really need to get better at my nymph fishing then that's fine set up a challenge for your, yourself and try to succeed in that but if you are feeling like you're doing something for a reason other than your challenge that you set for yourself or simply leisure and pleasure, then maybe it's time to back off and say, whoa, what am I doing this for? What am I spending this money on? What am I occupying my time and my mind with? Is it how I can enjoy being outdoors, appreciating creation, chasing after a couple of fish, having some sort of camaraderie and engaging in a larger community or am I trying to be something I'm not or enjoy it in a way that I really don't enjoy it those are great questions to ask yourself and again there's people out there where this is what they do as nine to five goodness they'll tell you it's more than that it's like five to nine and then maybe a little bit more afterwards 
and they're going to have a real intense look about them. And they're going to take it really seriously because they have to. But you don't have to. Fish the way that you want to fish. So in, in closing, leave your camera in the car. Just fish for the joy of fishing, not for capturing a moment that you will be able to uh, post somewhere. Smile when you catch that fish. Fish for panfish if you are really bogged down in technical, hardcore fishing. Don't call it therapy in church, and if you do, don't treat it like it's actually going to be that. And then do what you want, not what you see others doing. There's some simple ways to not take fly fishing so seriously, and again, there's a lot of nuance there. In 20 minutes, I'm not going to be able to flesh every idea out completely, so if you disagree... Or if you have more categories you could throw in this, I know there's plenty more, then feel free to let me know. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on not taking fly fishing so seriously. And maybe I can have an ad- a second edition of, of this podcast. But uh, again, I'm not saying this as being holier than thou. I've struggled with these things myself. I think I've been a little transparent about that. And you really have to back off and say, let me have a little bit of perspective. What am I doing this for? This is supposed to be for fun. And uh, once you acknowledge that, that's like the first step in actually having a little bit more fun while you're fly fishing. This week on castingacross.com, the website. First article is called The Big Trout of Bizarro World. The Big Trout of Bizarro World. So this is about fishing with cicadas and how uh, the first time I fly fished with cicadas, everything turned upside down. Fish were not acting the way that they should. I was using gear that was totally inappropriate for the streams I was fishing on, but it worked out and it was a whole lot of fun. And it's not something I've been able to replicate in the same bodies of water uh, again. So it's, you know how the cicadas have different years they hatch and different intensities. I feel like this one, for whatever reason, the fish absolutely went nuts for it could have been the water conditions it could have been whatever but across an entire region i was just catching big trout in places that the i didn't know there's big trout so that was the first article second one was called trout and feather august as you know for the last few months i've been writing for trout and feather a great website and youtube channel by my buddy tim and this month there was no newsletter so all i did was post three fly patterns now the three fly patterns and the three corresponding videos they're really really well done videos as per usual but they also are great fly patterns because the skill level in getting into these patterns is relatively low now just like any other fly the better you get the more efficient you'll get the faster you'll get and the the better you'll get with some of the more intricate details of the tie but these are three flies that i think anybody with a a beginner plus skill level should be able to tie and the cool thing about them is that the techniques that are involved show how you can take a simple fly and make a few slight alterations and modifications and make a fly that might even be more efficient a good example is the cdc microbugger cdc micro bugger and i think actually it's i think a cdc micro jig bugger so you have a woolly bugger with a couple of twists on it and actually just just watch the video and you'll see the alterations that make it a little bit more efficient and better pattern for certain circumstances so again every monday and wednesday two articles on castingacross.com if you like this you'll probably like that even better unless you don't like to read in which case you'll definitely won't like that better 
This week's recommendation on the podcast is the Yeti Hall. Now, why do I need to tell you to go out and buy a very, very expensive cooler? Well, here's all I'm doing. It's like a PSA for my audience. If you're at all considering buying an expensive roto-molded cooler, the Yeti Hall is clutch because of the wheels. That's why it's called the Hall. There's the wheels, there's the handle, and it is like a perfect size for a day trip with an entire family with everything you need in it or a long weekend with just the stuff you need to keep cool or filling up the back of your car after the trip to Costco or something like that and it's not so large that you can't lift it well if if you have a reasonable amount of strength that you can't lift it up into the back of your truck or your SUV if it is full it's just a great size the wheels make it awesome it has all of the features that you know and love with yeti but if you are at all considering a cooler in that medium size range in that uh, roto molded category then definitely check out the yeti hall with the wheels on it i absolutely love the thing if you have questions about it feel free to reach out Uh, i'm not a yeti pro or anything like that and i never saw myself owning one but i received it as a gift and i absolutely love it it hasn't changed my life i'm not getting tattoos of the yeti logo or anything like that but it really is a great cooler especially with kids the thing works on hard surfaces and it glides across the sand it uh, takes a little bit of effort but it is a clutch piece of summer beach gear because i don't like sitting on the sand when i'm eating my lunch so to be able to sit on that yeti it with a little cup holder accessory on it it's perfect it's glorious it makes being at the beach worth it so i'll throw a link to the yeti hall in the bottom of the show notes on this website again not like you need any more reason to buy one if you already want to buy one or you need to be talked into it if you have no interest in a few hundred dollar cooler but just uh thought i would throw that out there because i just i really enjoy mine thanks for listening to the casting across fly fishing podcast please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in itunes then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people places and things that go into the pursuit of fish Mm -hmm.